in the last five to ten years, uh, the voice of customer became uh, became really something that a lot of companies wanted to have. Voice of customer is, you know, collecting surveys directly from real customers. But what is the problem of that? Is that real people have real opinions and unfiltered opinions and uh, subjective opinions. And maybe you don't need subjective because if you have to evaluate a standard, you need objective. You need someone that actually was trained to recognize the touch points and not just just you know go there and uh, and give give a subjective opinion but give something objective. In today's episode, Adam and I invited Antonio Majorano, an expert in evaluating and measuring customer experience. We will primarily talk about mystery shopping, crowdsourcing, and how you can use these tools to deliver customer experience excellence. Enjoy the episode and don't forget to let us know what you think. everybody and welcome to another CX Insider podcast episode. This is Valentina speaking as always and today I am joined by Adam and Antonio Majorano. Hello Antonio, thank you for coming on our podcast. Hello Valentina, hello Adam. Hi Antonio. Thank you, thank you for inviting me. Antonio, I can see on your LinkedIn profile you say that your whole life You've always been trying to balance the Apollonian and Dionysian within you. Are you trying to say you're a demigod? <laughs> well, you said I didn't. Uh, I will deny it in uh, in a court. No, it's just uh, something from my uh, education. Uh, I, I just wanted to to remind myself uh, where I come from because I had classical studies in Italy. We have classical high school. Which we study Latin and Greek, so it was really an important part for my evolution, and uh, I just wanted to remind it myself. So the point is that I have a, I've worked uh, in market research, and then I went to to work for customer experience. So I handle data, which are you know pretty practical thing, but on the other side, I really have I really like to talk with people. I really like to improvise and be creative so i'm always trying even in my work to put the two things together interesting yeah i just I just googled it and it says that actually friedrich nietzsche popularized this 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 term but maybe we should start off by addressing something more relevant than whether you are a demigod or not and <laughs> that is how did you actually how did you actually get involved in a customer experience yeah as i said uh, i started working in market research companies uh, uh well around five six years ago and then i moved to bear international we are uh, we are a mystery shopping uh, company but we are also a customer experience consultancy company this is how we define ourselves nowadays and uh, i started working uh, as an account manager mainly in uh, retail and automotive And after two years, I moved to the business development department because, uh, you know, I like to talk a lot. <laughs> so that's the best way to to interact with uh, with my clients to really 
talk a lot as I'm doing right now. Um, and from January, I'm uh, the European Sales Director. Uh, so yeah, now I also have my team and, and uh, we, are, we are trying to mainly consult uh, prospects and current clients on how, how to better understand the customer experience and, uh, and what kind of tools to use to understand that. Yeah, one of the things that I would like to focus on today in today's episode is actually mystery shopping. It's one of the things that that your company, Bear International, is is the industry leader. So how would you say that mystery shopping, how would you say that what, what kind of impact it has on customer experience? And and maybe to add to that a bit as a as a as another question is what kind of impact do you think it has on employee experience? Well, you know, uh, Bear International uh, started as a mystery shopping company 36 years ago. Uh, our founder and current president started in uh, doing mystery shopping for hospitality because, you know, mystery shopping started mainly as a hospitality exercise. I mean, it's pretty understandable. Uh, hotels and restaurants are the ones that face more customers and need to have a really excellent customer experience to be able to work and and uh, reach their goals, and then it evolved because that, this is the point. I think that uh, from from that industry it evolved to other other industries. Other industry took the example. So I think that mystery shopping it's uh, it's still nowadays a very quick and efficient method uh, uh, to look at the processes. So your processes regarding customer experience uh, and how to improve them. And when I talk about processes and I talk about, you know, also maybe touch points of your customer, ex- of the customer experience of, uh, of your company, uh, I'm thinking of the locations, the physical locations in case it's, mm. it's, it's a restaurant, a dealership or, uh, you know, a shop, but also the employee. Because we train our employees, we train the employees to, to also to face the customers with certain standards. And we want to understand, one, if those standards are correct, because might not be correct. And we always have to keep that in mind that, you know, when we design a training, when we design the customer journey, maybe we can make some mistakes. We have to be humble in that. So we need to check if they are correct, what we thought is correct, and in case to adapt it. And of course, also to to see how the employees react to to those standards because it might not work in some countries, for example. Uh, this is what uh, I was discussing in a conference uh, some uh, some weeks ago that uh, things as uh, as the customer experience really change, and also the evaluation of the customer experience really changed country to country. If we just look at Europe. Uh, Southern countries, like Italy, for example, they tend to give higher evaluations. Uh, while, you know, when you go to the Nordic countries, the valuations are lower. So if you have a worldwide company, maybe, and you have the same standards, maybe, maybe the results will, will be different, but it doesn't mean that, uh, that your, you know, Den- Denmark shops uh, are doing worse than your Italian shops. Mm-hmm. That is super interesting. Why do you think is 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 that 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 customers in Southern Europe tend to give higher evaluations? 
I think it's mainly cultural. Uh, I think mm. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's coming from the fact that on a side, culturally, uh, Southern cultures uh, are um, more available, uh, more talkative, more open. And uh, this, of course, uh, it's, uh, it's, it goes also in the way that the employees are, you know, for example, pitching uh, and upselling like that. And maybe they don't follow the rules uh, strictly. So maybe they, they are not following, you know, your, your uh, standards strictly, but they get results. Mm-hmm. That maybe other cultures are following more the standards, but maybe they have less, less interactions. And... But, but just to touch on that, actually, Antonio, um, you may or may not know this, but I thought it's something else to question. Is it quite common then? the organizations, let's say retailers or even automotive, would have a different kind of customer experience strategy depending on the country? Yeah, that uh, is not happening most of the times. So I understand why, because of course, if you have, uh, if you have uh, a global, if, if you have to have a, a global strategy, you mm-hmm. can't have that. Sure. But uh, I think that uh, it's also important to read the data in the correct way. So it's also important who is reading the data and uh, for them to understand that. So if they understand that, uh, you know, and they don't apply the scoring in a strict way, then, you know, you don't need to have different strategies. On the other side, I think that, yes, it's, it's true. It's, it's an important point. Maybe in the future, this should be also an improvement point for, uh, for, the, for the customer strategies of the future. And, uh, the CX leaders of the future, not to have, you know, one size fit all strategy, no. but, uh, but to adapt based on geographies, for example. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Just to get back a bit to the mystery shopping where we started, sure. I would like to ask you, so how on one hand, how would you say that organizations could use mystery shopping to improve their CX, but on the other hand, are there any loopholes that may lead to have a negative effect on CX? Every every tool has uh, you know has their flaws. So of course there are. Uh, I think that the main way to utilize mystery shopping is that you have something that is objective. So you know in the course of the years, uh, different tools have been deployed, and uh, in the last five to ten years. Uh, uh, the voice of customer became uh, became really something that a lot of companies wanted to have. Voice of customer is, you know, collecting surveys directly from real customers. It can be done via QR code, via tablet, although in these days it's a bit more difficult, via email. You know, you probably stumble upon one of those uh, in your life. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that was, the idea was that, yeah, we want to have, real feedback so feedback of real people but what is the problem of that is that real people have real opinions and unfiltered opinions and uh, subjective opinions and maybe you don't need subjective because if you have to evaluate a standard you need objective you need someone that actually was trained and this is what we do in bear international because you know one of our big standards is the fact that we train all the evaluators for all our programs. And it's not just that, okay, yes, you go and do something. It's really webinars and uh, 
continue evaluation process and internal evaluation of the evaluators to really to really give them the tools give the evaluators the tools to recognize the touch points and not just just you know go there and uh, and give give a subjective opinion but give something objective so is it something that maybe a customer would not notice but it's really important for, for me then i need to do a mystery shopping mm. this is a and regarding the the loopholes yeah of course and this is why i think that this is for for example why as bear we are moving from fieldwork agency we moved since uh, at least 10 years from only doing fieldwork agency to be consultant because there is no tool that is perfect so you need to adapt the tools based on your needs and you need to adapt uh, your projects you cannot run the same mystery shopping project with the same survey over and over for years because yeah. you know human beings uh, <laughs> you know their evolutionary our evolutionary traits is that we adapt and yeah. we really realized in this last year you know we adapt so quickly to something so huge as a pandemic and of course also your employees will adapt to a survey that is there since 5 years they will understand what is what and who is who i know for example a famous british uh, a coffee shop chain uh, mm-hmm. and you know in their mystery shopping it's an exercise that they do weekly and uh, they ask uh, uh, allergens uh, you know mystery shopper has to ask about allergens and of course after years employees learn that and basically if you go you're not a mystery shopper but if you go there and uh, and you ask okay you know i am allergic to to i don't know to pistachios or uh, whatever uh then they will just give you a free coffee because just in case you are a mystery shopper you will be happier because you received a, f- a, free, a free coffee yeah you, so this you, is why you have to understand what is happening you have to keep the pulse of what is happening uh, and change it you know change it every 2 3 years probably that um, to, to be honest with you Antonio I mean I I worked in retail for quite a long time at a branch manager level or a store manager level and you did learn you you did very quickly calculate or you could work out who was mystery shoppers and and it was it was funny because it used to be linked within the earnings of the staff as well how much, how high you scored on a mystery shop and it wasn't a common occurrence it would happen maybe once a month and you, i remember it used to be a case of oh i think this person's got a camera in their handbag um and it really wasn't a fair impression of how every customer is served because you would you would identify the mystery shoppers very quickly and trick and make sure that every single bit of your script or whatever you're doing was was kind of hit which gave them a false reading or a false impression i guess to your employer which is not really what they want to achieve so i was going to actually ask do you think then we've kind of answered this anyway but do you think that mystery shopping has changed over the years and especially do you think it's changed during this pandemic yeah thank you for the question we are changing you know i also see that uh, what we are requested to do uh, it's different from the past um, because mm. of course also the the customer experience managers are learning this lesson so what is the request the main request is to have something a bit more adaptive so to have the possibility to change for example periodically 
the surveys. And I think that is a, it's a very important point. And uh, on our side, as Bear International, you know, for us, the point is to have employees that are trained also to intercept those needs from, uh, and maybe anticipate needs from them. You know, right. so read the data and see that, okay, if you're constantly getting in all your stores 95%, probably we need to change the stuff. Mm. Because probably that is not uh, that is not working. And regarding the shift, we can just co- we are conducting a evaluator survey worldwide. Uh, we already collected uh, more than four thousand uh, uh, replies. It's with our database, but you know it's they are customers, and uh, we will use that to to have really interesting data. And one thing, because I was reading the partial data now, for example, one really interesting point. During this last year, of course, people changed their tendency to to have personal interaction in grocery. So compared to to before the pandemic, now uh, most of the people are more inclined uh, to not have it. So, you know, it's fine not to have the cash. But other points, other industries are remaining steady. As, for example, financial products. So still people want to have you know, personal advice because uh, in some in some industries, when buying some products, you mm. need to have that personal touch. Absolutely, mm. yeah. So Without maybe that. that will also change the way that we do mystery shopping and we see the customer experience. Yeah, it's interesting about the personal touch because you know I've seen lots of surveys and things happen over the pandemic uh, regarding you know what do retailers, what do retail banks see as the most important thing for their for their CX. And there's always various options, you know, ones are like, you know, swift processes on applications and websites, etc. And one of the options is nearly always regarding staff um, and that personal touch. And every survey that I've seen, that always seems to come top, that personal interaction um, and the, the human touch, should we say. So, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to hear that you're saying that as well. Yeah, and, and probably it will change because, you know, the long term effects of uh, of the pandemic uh, i think uh, it will be that more and more people maybe will not want to 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 be in a crowded space mm. so maybe you need to organize a bit better your uh, your your locations your uh, shops or uh, offices because you need to have more appointments you need to have uh, for example more organization in that sense uh, and that changed the customer experience. Uh, you know, I was talking with one of our um, major clients in retail, and what they were saying is that, uh, yeah, we went from having, uh, you know, an average footfall of, I don't know, 50, 100 customers at the same mm-hmm. moment uh, in some countries uh, to have five people, but uh, you still have uh, five employees. So that means that uh, it totally changed. Even if you're just buying shoes, it totally changed the approach, how to, to, to reply to a question, what time you give to a customer. One of the biggest questions really for me, and I'm sure our listeners would want to know this, is you know, an organization like Bear International or any organization like that, you, know, you, you guys are the experts in this. And I'm guessing from the research that you do for your clients, there's obviously a huge amount of data that is produced. And you know, data is key and everything we have now seems to collect data. But I suppose one of the 
toughest parts that we have with that is actually how to action that data. How do you recommend, or in your experience, how can organizations use the data that's gathered from mystery shopping or from surveys and put that into action? You know, how, how, do you, how do you, what do you suggest on that? Yeah, there are different things that you can do. So first of all, going a bit back to, you know, collecting the data. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, an average manager is handling, <laughs> I will not say a random number, but really a lot of tables. <laughs> sure. Okay. So the point for us, uh, as very international, but I think also as uh, you know, in, in general, when, when we are working, when we are working with other businesses, we want to make the life easier, not more complicated for, uh, for, for the uh, managers. If I'm giving, uh, you know, I don't know, 50 page PowerPoint in which I list all the countries in which I did my research and extremely deep dive into each point, uh, you know, the manager will never have the time to read. No, of course. The point is to, first of all, have different layers. So if you need something quick, you have to have a live dashboard, which, which we offer. And the live dashboard means that uh, immediately you get what you need. I go there, I filter, I, I just need I just need to look at uh, Greece, uh, you know, Athens for uh, my shop in Athens. What is happening there? What was the last score? Okay, I go there and I check that. Or what is the, the, the average score in, uh, at the moment? That is a quick thing. And then when it comes to the overall analysis, not have really tons of data, but just just few key points. And this is why as a consultant, we are also offering, you know, business intelligence services because we have our own team that is looking at the data. And of course, we always say that to our clients. You say, yeah, of course, if you have a team, you know, you have to analyze data. You just don't have to gather data. So if you have your own team, that's fine. We will give you the data and your team will analyze it. If you don't, then we should do that. But don't get just the data. When you want to get just the data, and because maybe you want to do something more on a, on a regional or, or branch or, or store level, then what you need to have are action plans. Uh, so to have some key points, this is also a tool that we offer, for example, and you know to highlight some key points that if they are replied in a, in a wrong way, for example, then you need you as a store manager need to act immediately. Otherwise, you know, your score will go down or your your score will always be on a lower level. And uh, and these kind of uh, tools uh, needs also to activate uh, the more extended, you know, uh, manager's uh, area because it is important for, uh, for everybody to have the pulse of what is happening, but also to you know, make changes really quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that makes perfect sense to me. And I suppose what you're saying is with, you know, people like yourself and with this kind of day and age that we're in now with data being available, it's all about breaking it down, making it more understandable at a level that you need to report on rather than look at the bigger picture. But I really like the point you made there about actions um, and giving you know, organizations the ability to get the data quickly rather than waiting for like a monthly report or whatever, you know, giving them information. It's not real time, is it? You know, you can't get real time information, can you? Well, we 
for us, for example, the real time means it depends on what is the tool because if it's mm. actually uh, customer satisfaction, it is real time. You know, because wow. if it's a survey that uh, that it comes from from a customer, then when they, it's submitted, it's submitted, submitted, and you can see it uh, immediately. Uh, when it's mystery shopping, of course, there is a process. So you know, sure. we have data quality and we have. Uh, three to five business days to finalize the report. But uh, but yes, it's like as soon as it's finalized, you can see that. And you can break it down by store, region, bra. That's that's very helpful. And I can see how- Yeah, I, but I, 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 I think that that is the point to help big organizations because of course, you know, if you are owner of, I don't know, a small restaurant chain, 10 shops, 10, 10, mm. 10 locations, then of course you can go and look one by one, and it is important. Mm. But if you are a customer experience manager of a lo- of a company which has I don't know two hundred, two thousand <laughs> locations, mm. that is just impossible. Well, we you actually mentioned as well on a previous conversation you and me had, had um, Antonio, regarding um, something called crowd crowdsourcing. Yeah. Um, and one of the questions I've had was, do you think that crowdsourcing is going to replace the kind of traditional mystery shopping? That we've all we've all known for 15 20 years yeah i don't think so that's the quick okay. answer um <laughs> just to give a bit of context because maybe <laughs> um so what is crowdsourcing it's something yeah, in between it? yeah it's something in between mystery shopping and the voice of cast so crowdsourcing is actually gives the possibility to people that have a certain app which can be our app or the you know the company's apps like for example the brand uh, the brand has its own app and there is the crowdsourcing uh, uh, function in it and uh, this person will receive uh, a pop-up no- notification when he's you know near a store or, or a location and will be asked uh, to reply to five ten small questions. The main difference from, from the voice of customer is that these people are not customers. But the, the main thing that you can get from that is that you, for example, you can reply to simple questions that are mystery shopping questions, but gather data much more quickly because there is no, you know, there is no, it's, it's more live, you know, because when you gather it, uh, we will accept it in seven to 72 hours and then you will receive it. And what kind of questions you can reply? Well, you know, are your employees dressed properly, for example? You know, you, you can just reply to that question. Did they try to upsell something? Did they offer you, you know, the, 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 the complimentary coffee? Is the new Christmas campaign out? I just take a picture. You know, it's very quickly. I just take a picture. I don't need to edit that uh, as bad international. So you receive the data much more quickly. And, uh, and it's very simple way to have uh, important questions that maybe you need to be answered in like one or two weeks uh, and have them. Sounds good. Sounds very clever. Yeah, I wanted to ask you uh, about that. By the way, can you can you hear my laptop? The fan of my laptop? Can you hear it? No. <laughs> no? No? Good. Because... No, you've been gaming or something. It sounds like I'm launching a spaceship, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and then my, my, my microphone is right next to it. So. We are going into the future of customer experience. So that's, that's the sound. 
I uh, I wanted to ask you one of the you said you mentioned earlier that one of the bene- one of the biggest benefits of mystery shopping is that it gives you objective evaluation. And now maybe with crowdsourcing, you know, it's way 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 more people, more data. But can you ensure the objectivity of the evaluation as well? Because I assume these people don't go uh, through the proper training as they do if they did mystery shopping, right? Yeah, exactly. The point is that, uh, you know, we as company, you know, we, as consultants, we have to ensure that. So where the objectivity from mystery shopping comes from, uh, you know, trainings, webinars, etc., etc., Here comes from the type of questions. You cannot ask certain questions in a crowdsourcing scenario. You cannot ask, uh, did you feel welcome? Or you can ask, but you know, it will be a subjective ampl- uh, reply. Uh, the point is, focus it on uh, you know, things that are you know, black, or, black or white. Uh, so is something there or not? Is, uh, is something proper, properly shown or not? It's very quickly, mm-hmm. doesn't need that much training. We also, you know, to be in our system, because that it depends. If it's in our system, these are our evaluators. So still they have the, the level one mystery shopping training. Uh, but I think that the most important way to have objectivity is with the question. Um, my last question for you would be, as we're getting to the end of the episode is, and I always ask, What advice would you give to aspiring CX leaders? Yeah, you know, for me, it's very important, first of all, that we need to explore, always to explore new solutions. Because at the end of the day, it's a trial and error process. So we cannot know at the beginning uh, what will be the right solution. And in this sense, it's also important to push the company, your company, out of the comfort zone. And this because mainly, as, as also we said today, customers are evolving. So the customer experience has to evolve with them, not just stay as things were 20 years ago. And this is what also as bad we are doing. And the last point, which, you know, it seems like obvious, but <laughs> it is important to listen to your customer. And it is important not to be afraid to ask, because I know from experience that there are companies that are afraid to ask. Because I understand that it can sound scary because maybe the replies will not be as happy as you think. But, you know, in the personal and the business life, we have to take the feedbacks, even if they are negative, because we need to build with them, you know, our future. So, yeah, really listen to the customers and what, what they have to say. Thank you, Antonio. Sound Thank advice. you. Thank you to you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, don't forget to like, share, comment or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite channel. And I will see you next time.